dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. One of the great themes for the entrepreneur is that of not quitting. But what are we supposed to found our hope on? Why is it that I wouldn't quit when life is so hard and business often seems prone to failure? The resurrection shines through and the power of the Christian impels us towards a business optic rooted in optimism. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so glad just to be with my friends again and to be able to speak to you at this most important of moments. It's the moment where you get to decide on what your future will look like. And the reason I say that is because every single one of us has in our own control the way that we look at our efforts in life. From raising the family to approaching our career, each one of us is driven by an inner motivation, an inner fire. And the brighter that that fire burns, the higher the heights that, to which we will aspire. I think that the, the real question of success doesn't come from the outside market conditions that were just right, having the right job title, having the manager that looks up to you. Of course, there are certain elements of that that are important. But I actually think that success is driven by something even deeper. And that is the fire that's found inside of each one of us. This desire that we have to succeed, to get to the top of that mountain. And we who are called to that success who are called by Christ to lead. And if we're called to lead, let's remember, we're called to succeed in that leadership. I mean, we might fail, and that might be part of the plan of God to make us glorify him on this earth by witnessing to him in the battle, no matter what the cause of success. That might be the case. But none of us have the right to set out on a journey not intending to get to the end, right? No one's allowed to run a race thinking that they're going to quit halfway through. Okay, so like if you're here thinking to yourself that it doesn't matter if you make it or not, you are not approaching life with the attitude of a winner. You're not approaching your efforts with the attitude that Christ is calling you to. You are called to strike out boldly as if you would succeed by his grace and by the power of his resurrection. We, and the spirit of mediocrity that says it doesn't matter if I win or if I lose. This is not the spirit of Christ. This is not the spirit that he gave to the world. Of course, God can write straight with crooked lines. Of course, God can do anything, even with our failures. And yes, sometimes he asks the saints to bear failures in his name, like St. Paul. But if we bear failures in the name of Christ, we bear them with a desire to bring them to fruition. 
I have come so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I have appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, says Jesus. This is John 15. He doesn't say, I came to appoint you to maybe be sterile in this world. It doesn't really matter what you do in this world. No, that means that we as Christians who are sent by Christ and believe in Christ, we have to embrace our mission as one given to us by Christ and embracing a mission given to us by Christ. It means moving that mission determinedly towards a successful outcome to fight the good fight, to run the race, to keep the faith and to make it spread. All right. And so whatever endeavor, therefore, he gives us as our place to make that concrete, be it the management of a company, be it the invention of a new technique, be it by the daily grind that we refuse to quit Whatever it is that he gives us to do, whatever team we lead and whatever, whatever endeavor he entrusts to us, we need to have this attitude that we have been given this in order to glorify God through its victorious completion and through its success. And that's why he called me into that battle. I go into my day. I go into the rest of my life. I leave this moment of retreat and I leave it with my eyes fixed on this goal and my hand upon the wheel. I will steer my vessel and I will steer it all the way to the opposite shore because I've been entrusted this ship and those who are upon it and I will not fall upon my course. I have been called by Christ into leadership and lead I will do. Now again, remember, all, all, it's quite possible that we fail. But we will not fail by the inside. If we fail, it will be from the outside and we will glorify God by the way that we fail and we will fail with our head held high because we will not fail on the inside. And that's what I'm preaching about. I don't care so much about what happens on the outside as if that was the sole indication of victory. The sole indication of victory, though, it comes from the inside of the eyes and the heart of a disciple who wants to see his Lord glorified, who wants to see God's love demonstrated to this earth. And that looks like enterprises that are run correctly, management that's done well, innovation, ethics, and drive. I mean, wouldn't it be something? How in the world could we as Christians tell this world that God loves it if we don't demonstrate that love by acting like what we did in his name, we did for him. We glorify God by our jobs and by our businesses. And we, I fully expect that attitude to be inside. Otherwise, it doesn't do any good. I can preach all day long about charity, but if you don't live love out in the concrete of your business, then what are you doing business for? You're, you're, act, you're acting like business is some sort of mundane transaction. It's not. You've been given a corner of the earth to bring God into. What are you doing with that corner of the earth? Are you bringing God into it? Are you using it in order to glorify him? Are you bringing his light and his peace and his glory through your business into the people of this world? Or are you just doing it for yourself? Don't blame capitalism for a lack of spirituality. Capitalism is neutral. The spirituality has got to come from the entrepreneur, from the businessman engaged in that capitalism. And that's what I'm after. I'm looking for your hearts in the name of Christ.
I'm looking for you to give me that inside so that you can fill the outside with your inside and stop acting like someone on the outside is going to be able to replace your inside. Christ doesn't worry about what's on the outside. He goes after the heart and fills you with a spirit that you're to take to this world in and through your business. All right, so we got to get that attitude right off the bat. It's the attitude that's key for success. I have come in order to win and win in my business through my business, by my business, for the betterment of our world and the glory of God. Amen. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. All right, so if, if today's a turning point, then I want to start us with a prayer and really ask God to infuse his light and his peace into our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So like I said, this is the turning point. Because this is the point where each one of us realizes just how concrete, how real the love of God is for us. It's as real as the opportunities he puts in front of us in our businesses every single day. It's that opportunity that we have to seize this culture in his name and by our industry, by our efforts, by our grind and by our grit to claim this world in make of it a proclamation of hope, of optimism, of possibility, of fairness, and of success. Now, you see, how do I get that? Where does that come from? Well, actually, believe it or not, it's a Christian ethic, okay? That perspective is going to be all the stronger that the spirit of the risen Christ is in your heart. Listen to what Pope Francis talks about, okay? So we're, re we're reading this. This is the fourth of the characteristics that he puts forth as describing the missionary spirituality that he claims is necessary to evangelize the modern world, okay? He's like, if you're going to bring the gospel to the modern situation, you need, you need five qualities, right? This is the fourth of the fifth. He says the first quality is that you've got to have a balance between work and prayer, right? If you just work, and act like that's going to change the world. It won't. You, you, you can't change the world by engaging in the world only. You've got to fill it with the Spirit. At the same token, you can't just pray. You need to actually engage, right? So you spirit, your spirit is filled by prayer. You breathe in, and then you breathe out in an exercise of activity that engages the culture and transforms it. He says that the second thing that you do is you love being part of a people. You are a part of humanity and in the fabric of humanity and you're doing great things with and for other people, always connected. 
The third thing he says is that you've met Jesus in a personal way, personal encounter with Jesus. And then he gets to this fourth. This is paragraph 275 from Evangelii Gaudium, which is, means the joy of evangelizing by Pope Francis. It's just really beautiful. Listen to this paragraph. He says, in the last chapter of this encyclical, we reflected on the lack of deep spirituality, which turns into pessimism, fatalism, and mistrust. Some people do not commit themselves to mission because they think that nothing will change and that it's useless to make the effort. They think, why should I deny myself my comforts and pleasures if I don't see any significant result? This attitude makes it impossible to be a missionary. It is only a malicious excuse for remaining caught up in comfort, laziness, vague satisfaction, and empty selfishness. It is a destructive attitude. For man cannot live without hope. Life would become meaningless and unbearable. If we think that things are not going to change, we need to recall that Jesus Christ has triumphed over sin and death and now is almighty. Jesus Christ truly lives. The gospel tells us that when the first disciples went forth to preach, the Lord worked through them and confirmed their message. The same thing happens today. We're invited to discover this, to experience it. Christ risen and glorified is the wellspring of our hope and he will not deprive us of the help we need to carry out the mission which he has entrusted to us. Isn't that amazing? I, I, how many of you listening right now, how many of you are sitting there saying to yourself that you have pessimism, fatalism, and mistrust? The entrepreneur is plagued by these things. I mean, this is what's drawn me as a priest to speak to you today. It's because your hearts are so easily assailed by that spirit of pessimism, fatalism, mistrust, because you're like the prow of a ship and all you do all day long is get pounded by the waves. Pro every problem in an organization seems to make its way to the top. And the one person who's like supposed to valiantly carry the flag forward into battle has to carry that flag knowing that everybody behind him He's carrying them. And you're just like, the easiest thing in the world to do is just drop the flag and say, I'm not going to run this into the battle. It's someone else's problem, right? And what happens when we do that? What happens when we say, I don't need to, to sell this product. This product is, doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't matter how I sell it. It doesn't matter the culture that I create in my restaurant. What happens when we let go of those areas is that the spirit of mediocrity, of selfishness, of, of pure economy can invade those places. I mean, we know it. When you go into a business that's dirty and nobody's smiling, nobody cares, there's no internal culture, you feel used as a customer. And feeling used as a customer, you disrespect the business in the same way that you feel disrespected. You litter, you leave your stuff on your table, and we create a world where nobody seems to really care. And that world generates a negativity that ends up becoming an oppressive spirit of pure materialism. And the material joys don't satisfy the heart. And our young people are left without a perspective of what life is really all about. And yes, it begins in the world of the family. But that world of the family is supported and encouraged by the culture that we set in our businesses. And my friends, that starts at the top. Your job as a leader in your business is to set that culture 
that permits the hearts of everyone involved in your company and in your enterprise to be open to hope and to the positivity that creates even greater synergies in our world. The world of business can spark by its simple and humble, positive, optimistic, successful culture, other great ideas that can in turn spark other great ideas. And instead of whirling downwards, we spiral upwards as a culture. And this is our role. This is your great vocation as a Catholic business leader. It's to lead that business as if it was the business of Jesus Christ on this earth. And when you do that, you bring that leadership to bear in a powerful way upon this culture and you lead as a force for the good. I'm thinking of, of a company that just to chose recently to tithe, to tithe to my ministry. It was moved by the podcast that, we've do, that we do. It was moved by the talks that we give and the ministry comes out of. And so that company says, we're going to get behind what you're doing and support you. And they've become a tithing agent. Now there's a business that's supporting the good. Now what could your business do to support the good? Thanks to that business, I'm able to do the ministry the Lord's given to me in part. And what could your business do? How many, how many, how many good things from the employment to the culture, to the uplifting, to the education and formation of your employees. It's like a soccer coach I know who said, my goal, he told all of the players when they arrived, is that you play better for your next coach. You leave me a better soccer player. Now, wouldn't that be neat if we had that same attitude towards our employees? Said, so look, I know you're all gonna leave me, but instead of just crying about it, I'm gonna say my goal is that you become a better worker for the next guy. I mean, that's absolutely amazing, right? What optimism it would take. The difference between a successful business and a mediocre business is the leadership. Let's get that straight. The leader who's willing to take those hits, take those waves, take those problems, live that anxiety, and fight every single day because by the fact that you do so, you open a wide wake that allows the spirit to flow into everyone who's around you and comes into your contact with you and you fight that good fight. This is what we need in our world. And this is why Christ called you. You are called to lead with that spirit of the resurrection. Banish pessimism, banish fatalism, banish mistrust. These are negative words that do not have the place in the heart of a disciple of Christ. He is with you. And he's with you in the battle. And he intends to win it with you and through you. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. You know, the, the optimism that fills the heart of a leader doesn't have to be seen as somehow naive with respect to the world. The, a lot of times people get on, on us. They're like, you know what? All you're doing is this positive speak. You know, you're just thinking to yourself, it's, it's for your own success. And you just play a Pollyanna towards the things that are in this world. You, you act like they just don't exist, you know. But in fact... They do, right? It's, it's kind of like 
we need to kind of like, when we hear that voice, you know, you guys know this because it surrounds us all the time. It's usually spoken by people that aren't really trying. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, let me just be the voice for a second for the entrepreneur and be like, folks, when you get on me about my optimism, you know what I mean? Like, usually it's being spoken by people who are comfortable. You're comfortable in your life. You're comfortable with where you're at. You're not striving for anything particularly great. But you have to get out of my way because I'm trying to land on the moon right now. <laughs> and nobody gets to the moon by saying that the earth is just fine and that they're, why, why even try, okay? The fact is, I'm trying to hit the moon. And that requires an inward force of, yes, positivity and yes, optimism. But that moon that I'm trying to hit is a moon that's going to make this whole world better. I'm fighting for the future of our young people. I'm fighting for the future of families. I'm fighting to make this world a better place in and through what I do every single day. And so, yeah, I have to stay positive. And yeah, I have to stay rooted in Jesus Christ. And I intend on doing just that. And the Pope gets right behind you. Listen to, listen to Pope Francis. This is from Evangelii Gaudium. This is paragraph 276. You kind of see, this is where he starts to shine, right? He, he, he goes kind of crazy here. Listen to this. He says, Christ's resurrection is not an event of the past. It contains a vital power which has permeated this world. Where all seems to be dead, signs of the resurrection suddenly spring up. It is an irresistible force. <laughs> That'd be cool if you were able to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, but... There is an irresistible force inside of me, okay, that's pushing me forward. And it's called the resurrection of Christ. So you can either get behind me and let me take you into the resurrection, or you better get out of my way because I will not be deterred by your negativity. I, I'm really sorry that you're convinced that this world is going down. I'm convinced that this world is going up. Why? Because I am a member of the body of Christ risen from the dead, and it is an irresistible force. Listen, this is why the Pope, this is what the Pope says. He go, I'm going back to this paragraph 276 again. He says, Often it seems that God does not exist. All around us we see persistent injustice, evil, indifference, cruelty. It's neat. Now the, the Pope doesn't act like these things don't exist. He sees it. But then he says, but it is also true that in the midst of darkness, something new always springs to life sooner or later and produces fruit. On raised land, life breaks through stubbornly yet invincibly. However dark things are, goodness always reemerges and spreads. Each day in our world, beauty is born anew. It rises transformed through the storms of history. Values always tend to reappear under new guises. And human beings have arisen time after time from situations that seemed doomed. Such is the power of the resurrection. And all who evangelize are instruments of that power. How beautiful. What an amazing vision, right? If you looked at that, can you imagine looking at when everyone says it's lost and smiling and saying, God's going to turn this into something beautiful. You will be laughed at, right? <laughs> it's kind of like someone saying, you know what? Like, I, I'm thinking of the foundation of Walsh University in North Canton, Ohio, 
right? I don't know if any, it's a great school. You've got 3,000 students there. They're every, every year graduating all these people, nurses, teachers, lawyers, prof professionals. You know, they've got PhD programs. And you go to that place and you say, my goodness, what an amazing expanse. What a great business. You know, it must have been easy. Do you know when they started that school over 50 years ago? It was a group of, of brothers of Christian education. They walked out into a cornfield. It was literally a cornfield. There was nothing at that spot. And the founder guy looks at it and he says, J'y vois un petit collège. I see there, he said in French, a little college. How could he see a little college in a cornfield? It was a cornfield. You had all around him, people would be like, that's is ridiculous, you know. How are these guys? They don't know what they're doing. Every reason to say no. And inside you had this optimism of a fellow who said, I'm going to make this cornfield into a college. And that college for 50 years has been educating the underprivileged, educating working class families, educating folks to bring them into light and betterment. And we have to thank for it that small band of Catholic brothers who stood in a cornfield and said what no one else was willing to say and fought the fight for it. That's just one success story. Your business is another. When you got off the ground, remember looking for investors? Remember everybody saying it wouldn't work? Remember everybody criticizing your idea? Remember how many modulations you had to go? You had to iterate, 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 pivot, change, move. And every time you lost friends, you lost support. And it's so tempting to sit there and say, you know what? I'm just going to quit. But you can't. Why? Because you're pushed by an irresistible force. There's a fire inside of you that comes from God. It's a fire of innovation. It's the fire of vision. It's the fire of the apostle that says, though I see a crowd of people, these are the fish I've been sent to catch. That the spirit of evangelization is a spirit that you can take into your business because you're not just doing it for money. You're doing it for this world and it, it to supply your, your talents to make this world better by creating that culture. My friends, this is the power of the resurrection and you need it. Let Jesus be risen in your heart and don't let anyone around you take that vision away. That optimism about your family, about your classroom, about your surgery table, about your hospital, about your bank, about where you live and work and make your, your, this vision of the success is an expression of the victory of Christ over this world and his resurrection. And you are an instrument of that power. Wield that with all of your skill for the betterment of this world and do not let your face be abashed for he is daring great things through you. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.